Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Let us begin the fifth parak of Mishnayas Meister Shani, Mishnah Aleph, Mishnah Beis. Until now, we have been discussing the laws of Meister Shani. However, if you recall, this came up earlier on in a couple places, that there actually is a parallel set of laws that have to do with, not with Meister Shani, but with Neta Rivai, the fruit on the fourth year of the tree's growth. That those fruit also, just like Maizer Shani, analogous to Maizer Shani, must be either brought to Yerushalayim or redeemed on coins, and the coins that are brought to Yerushalayim where it's eaten there. So there's a lot of similarities, a lot of uh, parallels between the two. Again, how does it work? First three years is Arla. We'll learn about Arla in, a, in the coming months, that the, fr- the trees are forbidden to, the fruit are forbidden to be eaten. The fourth year, it's called Netarivai. Our mission is now going to discuss what happens when I were concerned that if the tree has netaravai, people may come along and eat from the tree. Thus, they're going to be eating eating uh, netaravai, not realizing it has to go to Yushalayim. So our mission is going to tell us one has to, in fact, mark their vineyard where the not where the netaravai is, and for that matter, um, where the other uh, various other prohibitions may um, may may exist in in a uh, in, in a field. Karim Ravai, so the Karim Ravai is, is the, the, not just the fruits, but actually the vineyard specifically. adama. Take clumps of earth and you mark them at the edge of the vineyard in the area that's not the Ravai, so people who are passing by know, hey, wait, this is Karim Ravai and I cannot take it, it has to be treated with sanctity. Bishal Arla, what if it's Arla? Again, the first three years, Bicharosis. You have to put some sort of clay there in order to let people know there as well. What about graves? So the concern with the grave is that people are going, uh, people are going to become tummy, ritually impure, when they uh, step on a grave, not knowing a grave exists, and therefore, and therefore, they have to uh, mark a grave. You put lime, mix it with water, and pour it over the grave in order to notify people that a grave is beneath here. In fact, interestingly, not for now, but when, when, um, when. The, um, the Rashbi emerged from the Kever the second time. The first thing he did actually was began to mark off graves. Why that is, not for now. Omer Rabbi Shimbingamlil. So Shimbingamlil comes and argues on the Tanakh and says as follows. And he says, one minute. Why do I have to be concerned that some random person is going to come into my field without my permission and eat my grapes, thus being over, thus violating the prohibition of eating netar vayat Yerushalayim. If he wants to be a criminal and engage in criminal activity, so then he can suffer the consequences, which here include also eating netar in the way that's not appropriate, or eating arl in a way that's not appropriate. Why do I have to? Again, I understand there's a concept of a rave, we all look out for each other, but there's a limit. If he's going to break the law, why do I have to look out for him? So whereas the Tanakhama seems to assume the first opinion seems to include in the concept of rabies, not only do we have to um, look out for one another, we even have to look out for one another when we're breaking the law. Rishim and Mulel is like, no, I'm not that concerned. If that's true, so what is the halacha? When do you have to mark off your mark off the vineyard for Netaravai or the Arla? Very simply, Bishviyas. During the year of Shemitah, when anyone's allowed to come into my field, when it's all hefker, so then I have to mark it off so people know they can't eat the, the, the Netaravai and they can't eat the Arla. And what about the pious ones, the people who uh, really wanted to go in the extra mile? They wouldn't just rely on it being marked off. They'll take coins, set those coins aside, and say any, any revai, not the revai that's picked from here, will be the, redeemed onto these coins. The, the Kedush, the sanctity, will be redeemed onto these coins in order to prevent people from from uh, eating these uh, net revai in the wrong way. Obviously, this, this, this does not work for Arla, but it works for Neta revai. Okay, Mishnah, base. 
There was a takana at some point, which um, a, a decree that was enacted, that although one is allowed to normally redeem their f- produce, their fruits, onto coins, if you're living within a certain distance of Yerushalayim, in a certain close proximity to Yerushalayim, you're not allowed to redeem your coins, your your, your uh, produce onto coins, or rather you must bring the produce to Yerushalayim. The reason for that was, the Gemara Beitzah points out, and here we point out, because we wanted to adorn the the shuk of Yerushalayim, adorn the marketplaces of Yerushalayim with the fruits of Eretz Yisrael. Think how beautiful it is to walk through the streets of Yerushalayim and see all this delicious, luscious, succulent fruit hanging, you know, being sold. So in order to create this sort of avira, they said people must bring the fruits of Yerushalayim. As long as it's growing within a day's travel in every direction. What are the boundaries? Eliot minadorom, Eliot minadorom, from the west, and the Jordan River is from the east. Anywhere from these, within these three, uh, these four points, excuse me, there are considered within a day's travel Yerushalayim. Thus, the produce must be brought there. However, then this decree gets annulled, and actually, this is the basis for a discussion. Discussion in the Gemara Beitzah about when we can say a decree is allowed to be annulled by itself versus when you actually have to have a bezdin get up there and uh, and, and actually annul a decree, but. The decree was later uh, canceled. Once the fruits became uh, many, so there were too many fruits, it was no longer necessary to bring the fruits there to adorn the, the shuk of Yishalayim because it was, it was just too many of them. So then the rabbis rescinded the decree and said they can redeem it even close to the walls of Yishalayim, i.e. they don't, did not have to bring it to Yishalayim even if they're right there. However, but they made a condition in this new decree, as in when they revoked it, and they said, They said that they can you know, snap back provisions here, that in the event that they feel that there's a need to restore the original practice of bringing fruits to Yushalayim because people are not bringing enough, then they will. Rabbi Yossi Omer, no. The decree was not canceled when the fruits became too plentiful in Yushalayim, but rather, Rather, after the base of Mikdash was destroyed, they added this condition. And the condition was that once the base of Mikdash is rebuilt, then we'll have the snapback provisions that anyone within a day's travel of Yerushalayim, and we just mentioned those four parameters, must bring, must bring the, um, the fruits to Yerushalayim. I wish you all a wonderful day.